Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. It's Q&A Tuesday, so we're going to be covering the top five questions from the last week. I say top five, I get a lot of great questions. I get a lot of similar questions, so maybe I shouldn't call it top five. It's just the five I pulled out that I thought, you know what, there are definitely more parents than just this asking this question and wondering about this advice. So let's put this one in for this week because it's going to help not just the parent who asked this question, but lots of other parents. So today we're covering scheduling, swaddling, on-the-go naps. We've got a bunch of things to cover. So let's dive in. The first question for today says this. Good morning. My daughter is 11 and a half months and always waking early around 5 a.m. I was wondering if her day sleep is promoting it. Currently, she sleeps for an hour and a half to two hours for her first nap. Second nap, she sleeps another hour and a half. Is the schedule off for her age? I would suggest that it's very likely that this child is getting too much daytime sleep and it is contributing to her early morning wake-ups. So answer yes, it is likely the schedule that's causing these early wakes. For an eight-month-old, a two-hour nap in the morning and an hour and a half nap in the afternoon sounds amazing and sounds great and I'm sure that child would thrive on that schedule and still manage to sleep well past 6 a.m. This child is almost one year old. By the time a child is a year of age, if they're still having the same amount of daytime sleep they were at around eight months of age, they're probably having too much daytime sleep. They don't need quite as much. So this child's almost a year old, doing two hours in the morning for their nap, an hour and a half in the afternoon. I would probably be capping daytime sleep at closer to two and a half hours max for an almost one-year-old. So maybe an hour nap in the morning, an hour and a half nap in the afternoon, And you'd probably start to see then this child sleep later the next morning because there is more of what we refer to as sleep pressure on their night. If they have a little less daytime sleep, they have more sleep pressure left on their night and they can make it later into the next morning. So I would suggest that yes, we want to cut back this child's daytime sleep just a little bit. It's not always the case and there could be other things going on, of course, like in any situation, but this one does jump out at me as a lot of extra daytime sleep for a child who's almost into toddlerhood. Next question was, hello, my 10-month-old is waking at 4.30, 5am every day. We're doing two and a half hours of awake time in the morning, then three hours, then three hours between naps. He's going down for his morning nap so early, around 8am, and it's throwing his whole schedule off because he's having a huge wake window before bed to make it till even 6pm. We are exhausted. So here's the thing. This child is napping really early in the day, as mom said, and this is probably what we need to change. This child is waking up around 4.35 a.m. at 10 months of age. So I get why mom is putting him down for a nap at 8 a.m. because he's exhausted already because he's been up since 4.35 o'clock. But the problem is we're just in a cycle. We wake up early. We nap super early. And then we have a big stretch of awake time at the end of the day. And even with a six o'clock bedtime, we go to bed overtired. And overtiredness is one of the biggest culprits of early morning wake-ups. So we're in this cycle where we've gone to bed overtired. Oh, now we wake up at 4.35 a.m. again. We need to go down for a nap at eight because we're exhausted again. 
and so on and so on. We just keep up with this cycle. So here's the maybe tough advice about this situation. We need to break the cycle. We need to push the morning nap later. I would suggest that a 10-month-old not go down for their morning nap earlier than 9 o'clock in the morning. And some parents would say to me, that's nuts because if my baby wakes up at 5 in the morning, he's going to be so overtired by 9 a.m. And how am I going to keep him awake that long and he's going to be so fussy? I know it's not going to be easy, but this is still my advice because this is how we're going to break the cycle. The alternative is just to keep doing what you're doing, but then baby still is overtired at bedtime every night because instead of having a big stretch of awake time in the morning before their first nap, they have a huge stretch of awake time between their second nap and bedtime and they're always overtired at bedtime and that's what leads to early morning wake-ups. So as tough as it might be at first while your baby adjusts to it, I would suggest that a 10-month-old not go down for their morning nap earlier than 9 a.m. And you distract, distract, distract with multiple different activities all morning and you get them to that 9 a.m. nap and you are likely going to see that it starts to help balance out their day. So they're not always having to have so much awake time at the end of the day before bed. They're not always going to bed overtired at night and you're going to hopefully start to see that cycle break. So that's what I would advise in this case. Nap is too early for this age. We want to stretch that nap a little bit later into the morning and help balance the whole day out. Next question for today, does dropping to one nap also cause early wake times? The first few days for my 16-month-old were a normal wake time, but now it's 5.20 every day and barely an hour nap time. Help. So what this parent is saying is that they dropped their 16-month-old to one nap a day instead of two, and now they're seeing early morning wake-ups and short naps. And is this normal? Is this common? It absolutely is. It is very normal that anytime your child is going through a nap transition, whether it's four naps to three naps or three naps to two naps, or especially two naps to one nap, it takes some time for them to adjust. And because they're not yet used to all this extra awake time, they may be overtired. That might cause early morning wake-ups. That might cause shorter naps. I suggest that once you've made the switch, if you feel that switch is best for your child, You stick with it and you give them some time. Try not to panic. It is very normal that naps are a little shorter or mornings are a little earlier while you're going through that adjustment. And it might take a few weeks for them to adjust. And that is very normal. Try not to panic and try not to change a whole bunch of stuff. If you've found the schedule that you feel is right for your child and age appropriate for them, try not to bounce back and forth with different schedules every couple of days trying to figure out what's going on with these early wake-ups and these short naps try to be consistent because it's likely that with consistency, that's what's going to get you through this phase and get your child adjusted to this new schedule. So answer to the question is that yes, it's very normal during these transitions that we do see the earlier wake-ups, but it usually just takes some time and then your child will become adjusted. You may need to do an earlier bedtime for a little while. So if your child is only having a short nap and is only six months, 16 months of age and is in the early stages of this nap transition, if you see your child being super overtired already by dinner time, you probably want to do a six o'clock bedtime for a little while while they adjust to this new schedule and these new bigger wake windows. Next question for today is this. I was wondering if you have any tips for a baby that wakes herself up with her hands. She's three months on Tuesday and we have always swaddled her. 
However, as of two nights ago, even with a tight swaddle, she can maneuver her hands up and start sucking on them and wakes herself up. What do I do? Two answers to this. First thing you might want to consider is a less traditional swaddle, and it's one where the baby's arms are actually up. So there's one that I love in particular called the Love to Dream Swaddle Up. And instead of being a more traditional swaddle blanket where your baby's arms are sort of pinned down at their sides, instead your baby's zipped into this Love to Dream Swaddle Up and their arms are up near their head in a more natural sleeping position, but they're still fairly tightly swaddled, we'll call it, and can't necessarily access their hands as easily to hit themselves in the face or do all of those things that newborns do to wake themselves up in the night when they bust out of their swaddle. So you might want to consider a different type of swaddle like that for now. This is also assuming this baby is not rolling. Anytime your baby is showing signs of rolling or rolling, we can't be in any kind of swaddle anymore for safety. We need to switch to a sleep bag. But for now, if baby's not rolling and you're finding the more traditional swaddle, she's busting out of it, you may find something like the love to dream swaddle up helpful for now. The next thing though is to remember this. This question says to me that this baby is trying to start to self-soothe with her hands. She's creeping her little hands up out of the swaddle towards her chin, towards her mouth, and sucking on her hands. That's a very common self-soothing mechanism. I know it wakes her up, but if you give her a little time, you may find that even though she's awake, she's putting herself back to sleep with these new self-soothing techniques. So You may want to switch to a different kind of swaddle, or you may want to say, this is the point where my baby doesn't need the swaddle anymore, and this is a natural transition for her, and we want to let her start self-soothing with her hands. So that's another option too. Given she's three months, this is very commonly when children stop being swaddled. And final question for today. If we are somewhere and are staying longer than we thought, and we have no pack and play, where can our baby nap? She's five months old for reference. So I talked back and forth with this mom over my DMs on Instagram because my immediate response was always, always take a pack and play. Like just plain, simple answer. (laughs) Just always take a pack and play. And she wrote back and kind of laughed and said, yeah, you're right. You know what? When in doubt, just throw it in. It doesn't take up that much space. It is so convenient to have if you think there's any chance whatsoever that you're going to be somewhere where you need to put your baby down for a nap rather than having to skip the nap or leave whatever you're doing to go for a stroller walk. So first answer, primary response to that question would be just always take a pack and play. However, is that realistic 100% of the time. No, sometimes you end up in situations where you just didn't expect to be where you are as long as you were and your baby needs to nap and you don't have a travel crib or a crib. I would always make sure you have a wrap or a carrier or a stroller with you. Many of us often have a stroller with us. I know that for us, just for convenience, we just kept it in the trunk of our car all the time when my daughter was young enough to need a stroller. So you might have that and you might have to just excuse yourself from wherever you are to go stroll around and get your child to nap. Or a wrapper carrier is a great option. When Mila was younger, we used the Becco Gemini carrier religiously. We used it all the time. It was always in our car. It was always in a backpack. It was always available to us because then we knew that if we were in a pinch, we had an easy way to get her to nap. So that's another option if you are somewhere and you don't have the pack and play and you just need to get your baby some sleep is like a soft structured carrier or many families enjoy a wrap as well. So you've got some options. 
don't stress if your child needs to have a stroller nap or a carrier nap once in a while because you just needed to be somewhere and you didn't have access to all the sleep tools that you normally use at home. You can use something like that, get that nap in. It's definitely better than skipping the nap altogether and just having an overtired child. So those are the top five for today. I hope that was helpful for everyone. We covered a few different topics, but similar age groups, similar common questions that I get. And I hope that helps out those parents and some others of you who may have had some similar questions to those this week. Pass it on to other parents too. You can let them know to subscribe to the podcast so that they have those answers every week to their questions, especially if you have parents, parent friends who are expecting these types of questions can just hopefully prep them for some of the things that might be coming up, some of the things they might need as they enter parenthood, and some questions that they might have and get them answered before they even pop up in their lives as they enter their parenthood journey with their little one. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the Everything Baby Sleep podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com, for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.